0: Information about the world of running, inspiration to fuel passion and excellence, and ideas for making connections and finding community. You're listening to A to Z Running. Hello everybody and welcome back to the A to Z Running Podcast. I'm Andy. With Zach. And Zach has some news. Let's just start it off with some news.
1: Just going to start it off right there. So I do have some news because I have signed on with a new coach, which may seem a bit counterintuitive to some of you because we coach other athletes ourselves Mm -hmm. Um, but you know we've talked about this before like everybody needs a coach right and i don't believe that coaching myself is the most effective way to do things although i don't mind coaching myself at times however i have been on a quest as some of you and if not many of you at this point already know i've been on a quest for years to try to really get at the heart of how to train best in any and all ways and capacities. And so we've been publishing some work on that with our Running Foundations series. If you didn't listen to it, go back. There are three parts to it. So look for the Running Foundations episodes. And what I've been trying to do is really get at the heart of training in from every angle. And so one of the final straws for me was I would love to have been at some point coached by like the Arthur Lydiard, right? The legend and the one who has kind of inspired the majority of the work that most contemporary coaches do. Well, He's not alive anymore, um, and his foundation has a lot of like certified coaches, but that's not quite the same thing. And then my friend, Jed Christensen – shout out to Jed. Again, we shout out to Jed a lot here. <laughs> um, Jed sent me a note out of the blue a couple of weeks ago, and he said, Hey, I'm I'm calling up Barry McGee to be my coach. And I thought to myself, that name sounds familiar. And sure enough, as as I had thought, it was as soon as he mentioned it. Uh, Barry McGee was one of the original stars that Arthur Lydiard coached back in the '60s. Wow! He was the 1960 Olympic bronze medalist in the marathon. Barry McGee. He's like 87 years old. Mm-hmm. So you know he's he's not a spring chicken anymore. Uh, but he still coaches, and he coaches. He lives in New Zealand, and he coaches athletes and all over the world. he's great at still. email. And he's great at email. He's yeah. very responsive. So I reached out to him and I said, you know, would you be willing to take me on? I want to one year. My commitment is one year at the moment. And in that one year, what I told him is, you know, I have two goals. I want to obviously train as hard as as, as hard as I can to achieve what I might still be able to yet achieve. But I also told him I want to learn as much as I can from him mm-hmm. about what he knows and how he's learned to be a great coach as well as, you know, what he learned when he was an athlete. So that's it. Exciting the quest news. has begun. And uh, we're, we're kicking McGee things off this Mr. McGee is now your
0: coach. Very cool.
1: Do you just call him Mr. McGee?
0: Yeah. That's his name.
1: I don't think anyone calls him that, though. Well, Isn't there McGee. a show called Mr. McGee or something know. like that? <laughs> so uh, it, it, we call him Barry. Everyone calls him Barry. So okay. Barry is my new coach and will be for the next year. And, you know, if not more, we'll see. But uh, very excited. And we'll keep you updated on um, just kind of what we're gaining and gleaning as we embark mm-hmm. on this relationship.
0: Well, I have something that's kind of exciting that I've found to work for me. And some of you know that we just recently went camping and we did a blog post on it because we've been camping and running for 20 plus years. And then we also reached out to some other um, bloggers, experts to help fill out some of the gaps. But one of the things that I did for the first time on this camping trip, because Zach suggested it to me, was use a basketball. hang on.
1: I suggested it many times saying, hey, we should get a basketball. And Andy kept saying, why do we want to buy a basketball? Yeah, we have like
0: nice foam rollers (laughs) and stuff. She just kept saying
1: this to me. Why do we need a basketball? And get I just it. kept Orbs. saying, I want to buy We it. have
0: all kinds of great equipment, but yep. he wanted us to get a basketball. So sure enough, we have this basketball. And on, on my camping trip, I guess my main complaint during camping is probably my aching body. And I think that's probably the case for, for many, I'm, I'm guessing, if you're training while you're camping. Anyway, this basketball tip is from Jay Dishery, and it's Jay brilliant. Jay
1: Dishery. In running rewired. Yes.
0: And you lay on the basketball, you find a spot, you're not rolling. You lay on the basketball and you hold it and you give it like three deep breaths at least. And it hurts and it like opens up like all those sticky places in your ribs. And it's great. It's like traction for your back. Uh, yeah so anyway I recommend it uh, if you want more tips go and find that blog post you can go to azrunning.com search blog you'll you'll see it right there so
1: that's good stuff yeah
0: and fun fact our guest Caitlin Russo after this episode she like texted me and she's like have you read this book Running Rewired <laughs> which is like Zach's favorite book Didn't on the I planet bring it up so in the
1: episode? we we'll, might have we'll I don't see. know but
0: she sent me a, sent me a text with that and I was like oh yeah so she's all about it too but in this week's episode we talked to Kaylin Russo Fitness and we talk about strengthening the core glute hips movement pattern stability and it's like super practical this is like one you're going to want to like archive and save
1: yes and it's going to be difficult and and, you know we have to just apologize right now it's hard to glean very specific physical movements from audio only so you're going to listen to kaylin talk about how to do a certain exercise and drill
0: we're going to link you might need to
1: listen to it over again yeah we're going to provide you more resources Mm -hmm. but this is the kind of episode where you want to like save it somewhere so that you can just try to listen to it a few times and figure out exactly what we're trying to accomplish. And
0: something really cool that Kaylin has offered all of you as our listeners is to take one of her Core for Runner courses. Um, it's it's one class that you get to try out for free. Or so free. you can sign up on a running dot slash episode forty four.
1: Yeah, and this you gotta take this seriously. You gotta take Kaylin seriously because she's she knows this craft from a multiple different directions and that's important because here is an elite runner you know a highly successful runner herself who can tackle the concept of what a runner needs but also has been studied in sports strength and stability and she's got so much to share so this is going to be great
0: Mm -hmm. we're excited to have her on but first we're going to talk about the world of running
1: All right. First up, I'm just going to mention this resource uh, because it's always helpful to see, you know, what is going on all over the place. we got a lot of running results. We're not going to try to go into too much detail here. So check out the links if you want to read it all. But worldathletics.org is always the kind of the source for what's happening around the globe. And they published like a weekend recap because there's just, you know, there's more stuff happening now, which is great. Um, and that weekend recap included a couple of really outstanding performances I just want to mention. Mm-hmm. First, Gemma Rieke from Great Britain ran 159 over her training partner, Laura Muir, in 159 in the 800 meters and beat her by two hundredths of a second. That's amazing. Very exciting, no doubt. And so they went first, second in the race, too, which is just great.
0: And Of course, we're not surprised about Donovan Brazier showing up. We're just not surprised because he just keeps doing that. He ran 143.84 in his 800 opener.
1: Which is, you know, a great time. Donovan's run quite a bit faster than that, which people always say things like, oh, you know, but it's a second and a half off his PR. Well, yeah, it is. But who runs their PR in their season opener? (laughs) Well, some people do. But Donovan ran fast. And I think it's actually the first person to run under 145 Yet this year,
0: so in a separate meet than the one that Donovan was at, there was the Bowerman Track Club
1: <laughs> putting on their own teams meet. It's been again has so
0: entertaining. I just want to thank the Love Bowerman it. Track Club for all this entertainment. Right. So Colleen Quigley, Elise Cranny, Chris Schweitzer, and Shelby Houlihan set the women's world record in the four by fifteen hundred meter relay, and they ran sixteen twenty seven to break the old record, which was sixteen thirty three. Set by
1: Kenya six years ago. That's
0: six seconds, actually almost seven seconds. (laughs) Yeah,
1: like a second and a half a person, which is solid. Um, So for those of you who who are trying to figure out numbers in your head right now, okay, we're talking about four by 1500, 1627. So the averaged like 407 a person right just under that just under that um which by the way is like a world qualifying time by itself so each one of them ran like you know professional caliber time of course it's a world record but 407 in the 1500 is roughly equivalent to about a two four sorry 424 mile
0: so fast so
1: and these (laughs) girls are
0: on the same team so like Shannon Rowberry, like there's other people that are really yeah. fast too, and these ladies are all they're part all of the, the same, same
1: team. team. Mm-hmm.
0: Whoa! So exciting, and they could run even faster because if you were to like pull all their best times or PRs, I mean, yeah. you'd get like 16.04. Yeah,
1: they said if you pooled their PRs, it's an it's like a 401 average. But you know, some of these women, like one of them is like an American record. You know, it's just two of them are American record holders. So yeah, they're they're the best of the best and that's just
0: and exciting great. to see them doing this
1: so lots of results there to share this obviously more we're just going to put links so you can really see the details if you want to see the details um, just a couple of other things because you know there's always stuff in the world of running beyond the actual results um, runners world published their best stuff of 2020 which is always a decent article because you can just see what are the kinds of things that are coming out and one thing that's interesting to us because we love norma tech which is that inflatable recovery pants stuff which is wonderful feels good Glorious. I'm still not sure. The jury's out on how effective it is for recovery. I feel like it makes a difference, but it does. It does make a difference, or they wouldn't have put so much money into developing them. But Normatech's expensive. It's not really something you buy for your house. Um, but there's a competitor now, so Rapid Reboot Recovery System, now uh, rivals Normatech for the same kind of stuff, but just a little bit less pricey. Which you know means that we might see some uh, some more options in this kind of stuff, which is great, and plenty more equipment there. Oh, and one other thing, one other thing. This one also came on Runner's World's dashboard. Tracksmith, which is a running company. It's like an apparel company out of Boston. Um, I've always kind of had slight bit of beef with Tracksmith because I just don't, Think their stuff looks great, but of course, I have found out other people disagree with me, so they do like the way their stuff looks. So that okay, considers themselves to be a opinion. fashionista. No, so I am he not a fashionista. Just like putting it all out but there, but I don't. This this <laughs> is the thing. So with, with me in fashion, I've never understood why people go back to old fashions. Like in my mind, it's like I it's, like if retro, it's an old fashion. We
0: disagree on these. Things. Doesn't
1: yes, obviously. Well, here's the thing that Tracksmith just did with their latest lineup. They they say that it's like optimized for or it's like friendly for swimming. their running clothes. For swimming, pause (laughs) for dramatic effect here. First of all, if you optimize something for swimming, we have to assume you can't also be optimizing it for running. Like they can't, they're they're not the same thing. One of them's underwater. One of them you want to stay like, light and dry
0: tracksmith sends something to Zach I so he can know. figure out don't if send it's stuff good. to me i don't know if i would <laughs> wear
1: it okay so um here's the thing though that the that the editor said who had tried it out she said that uh the fabric is a little thicker than a swimsuit is what she said and oh, that worries me yep, yeah that worries me so i'm just commenting because i saw the article and it struck me as odd that they would have swim friendly running apparel but Try it out yourself if you would really, truly like to know.
0: So for more concrete, useful information, (laughs) we will have Caitlin Russo on the podcast coming up after this.
1: So, in the intro, we already started sharing a little bit about Kaylin, but before we get her on here with the interview, we do have a few more details about her that you should know.
0: Yeah. So, Kaylin Russo, we know her from running together uh, an elite. Playmakers group and she's a speedster. I mean, she's run super fast times. She's running the and 428. So she's really fast. She's run an under three hour uh, marathon too. So she has range, but she is the owner at Kaylin Russo Fitness. So she has Shred Shed and Shred Shed online, core for runners, all kinds of products. You'll have to check out her uh, her website, which I will link to. It's Um But we are excited to have her on because she is a runner, but also is really into the mechanics and functional movement and strength that is necessary for runners to stay injury free and to thrive.
1: One of the best parts about hearing Kaylin's ideas here, as she's going to break down for you, just just great ways to approach strength and stability. Um, one of the best things about it, and we call, we call her a couple of times in the episode, the fitness artist, mm-hmm. um, and she is. But because she understands running so well and because she understands strength and mobility so well, she doesn't just like look up a series of exercises that are good exercises to strengthen certain muscle groups. She looks at the concepts of how to strengthen and mobilize and she looks at what a runner needs and she just makes it this work of art and that's why
0: strength is an art and a science
1: that it is so you got to hear this conversation with kaylin about strength and mobility
0: hi kaylin thanks so much for joining us Hi, so this is actually kaylin's second time on the podcast because she had a short little snippet in another one of our episodes but we've been wanting to get her on we were hoping to do in person because kaylin and her husband alex are friends of ours
1: yeah, brief backstory here. We know the Russos because at first it was rivalry in college, <laughs> and I was trying really hard to beat up on Alex in the steeplechase unsuccessfully uh, for a period of time there. And uh, so, the, you know, the the rivalries tend to be, in my experience, when you can maintain the contact when the rivalry ends, it's a great way to start a relationship.
0: A friendship, yeah. It so is. we we all ran for playmakers yeah, for sure. a brief time. Yep. That was really fun. So, Kaylin, tell our audience about your relationship with running.
2: Well, uh, my sister, Jennifer, she was always um, – she was three years older than me. She was always super fast and a really great runner. And as that knowing little sister, I was like, ooh, I want to try this sport out too. Um, so she, I just followed her footsteps. And from there, you know, we run a team together. She's a senior. I was a freshman in high school – and that was a really special year to be able to, you know, be on a team with your sister. And we did some great things as a high school team. It was like three pairs of sisters on a team, which was wow. pretty cool. Yeah, it was crazy. Sister there power. Like, sister power, yeah. And we were all, you know, a lot of them were all top seven. So it was like three sets of sisters and then one, you know, other person. <laughs> <laughs>
1: so, did that person um, ever feel yeah, left out? <laughs> it was pretty crazy. That's great. I think yeah. they did. <laughs> um,
2: but overall, you know, running has been a really great experience. Um, I've just I love how it makes you feel, uh, the competition, and you know, even on your easy days, just being with nature—it's really awesome. Mm-hmm. And then I also found Alex out of it too. So found my husband through running.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's a bonus.
2: Yeah, we, yeah. We
1: that. yeah, yeah.
0: So now you're a runner still, but you also are in the profession of fitness. And so that's why we have Kaylin on today. And you heard us talk about her and uh, the bio that we had for her. But we want to talk a little bit, dig deep into the foundation of running, which is mobility and strength. So Kaylin, why is functional movement so important for runners?
2: Well, the first thing is to prevent injuries. That's number one. I do have a few key points for you guys, but in majority of cases, injuries do occur due to limited range of motion and muscular imbalances. And those occur throughout the body that affect the stability of a joint. So we need to create a really strong structure to handle the volume of the miles and to stay healthy. Um, so that's a huge point there. And something else to consider is that running comes with a lot of forces on the body, especially our low back takes a beating, our knees, our hips, pretty much all the joints in the body take a beating. And um, our our bodies, you ever hear the saying where it's um, – your body takes 2.5 to three times your body weight um, with every single stride, which is crazy. Um, And just to put that into perspective, if you take a runner that's 155 pounds and you do 2.5 their body weight, which is 230, and then you add those together, and that's 387 or 387 pounds loaded on a single leg. Wow, yeah. It's a lot of force. Yeah, it's a lot of force. (laughs) This is mind blowing. So it just shows you that running, you know, it's, it's, you know, if you're not strong, you know, you can have a lot of injuries and um, running uh, really affects every muscle, tendon, bone with a large amount of force. So it's so important to control and to try to train those forces that our body takes.
1: Kaylin, if I can, if if I can throw something out there, um, so I'm saying this not because I agree with the school of thought, but it certainly has been out there for me- for a long time that for runners, the best thing about our sport is that you do all of the strengthening that you need to do by doing the sport of running. So many will say, just by going out and running, you're strengthening the things that need to be strengthened. You don't really need to do anything else. And obviously, you know, we, we disagree with that, disagree or we wouldn't be that. talking about this right now. <laughs> yep. um, but but what, are, what do you miss? When you're running, you certainly are strengthening the things you need. But what are you missing if you don't do anything else?
2: It is, a, it is a valid point because I definitely um, – I have some older school runners that ran in like the 60s and 70s and like, oh, I don't need you know strength training. And sometimes they do just fine. But if you think about where could they have been if they did the strength training and they worked on the mobility and the foam rolling and um, the core training, you know. So I know that is – it's an interesting um, concept just because – you know they are doing well and if they're not getting injured then sometimes they don't see that mm-hmm. as a problem
1: so
0: i think that's kind of yeah. like a unicorn thing though i think most people do get injured Uh, With weakness. I know, I guess maybe I'd like to think that because I'm someone who struggled with weakness and, you know, I'm not the unicorn. So, I mean, I envy those people that can go out and, you know, go for forever and ever and do ultras and um, not really think about all the little things. But I have found that most people and most people that we talk to and we've interacted with really could utilize this foundation of running. So I'm really glad that we're going to talk more about that today.
1: So then when, when someone does engage with the right kinds of things, you know, they know they need to do the work with strength and mobility, what kinds of mistakes do they still potentially make or what are some of the common mistakes, whether it's runners or otherwise, that we make when we're trying to do these kinds of things?
2: So I would say the first thing that tends to happen is they will do they don't see it as a priority I guess as the first thing um, and and sort of like we were talking about the old school old school runners you know they just don't really see how it would be um, something that they need to prioritize make, make a priority and then it can go the complete opposite spectrum of uh, doing too much um, in one session and um, not you know it's just not consistent. They do like this one huge effort and then they sort of it's almost like the new year's resolutioners is what I always compare it to. You know, they have these big goals and you know, they go to the gym and they do like 2 hours of exercise and you know that's not always realistic for a new person, you know. So even with our our running, we want to make sure in our uh, strength training, we need to make sure that um, it's just like small chunks. And there's a book, I don't know if you guys have read it, but it's MEV for mortals, and what 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 the thing that I learned from that is, and you can shorten your run maybe by like five minutes, and maybe take some extra time to do your drills and maybe do some strength training to sort of fine tune those areas and the things that people neglect um, by doing just like shorter segments make it consistent.
1: That's that's a great tip. Um, I talked to someone. I don't know exactly when this was now, but um we we i asked the question how much time do you have available for running every day when we were just talking about kind of setting up a training schedule and the response was basically like as much time as i want and my answer was, that, that can't possibly be true. You know, you have other things in life that you have to do. But it brought me to the realization as I was talking with him that it's really a valuable thing to look at the amount of time I have available and actually, like, schedule. So I'm going to spend 90 minutes today, but, but I'm only running an hour. And so now I have the other 30 minutes scheduled, and I can use that for before and after, you know, what I need to do extra. So even that, uh, that, that tip from Meb is, you know, if you need to, if you don't have the time, to fit it in, then cut the run a little bit shorter and use that time. That's, that's good advice.
0: And utilizing um, a trainer or a program or uh, a workout session with someone like Kaylin that's going to commit you to doing it yeah. on a regular basis because you're held accountable.
2: Oh, yes, definitely. Cause, yeah. Definitely. Because, yeah, you've heard time, Steve. Just like not, for a lot of people, they don't make time for it or see it, see it as a priority. But really, like, scheduling a class, meeting up with a friend, and that, like you said, will increase that accountability for sure. Mm -hmm. And make it more fun. Yeah, it makes it way more fun. By yourself, it's not as fun.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's more of a chore when it's just you and – Kids crawling on top of
1: you. <laughs> well, <laughs> in case, uh, then, then it becomes an activity. I, mean. I, guess, I um, guess for them. <laughs> so, so we have we have these four areas that we've outlined for our listeners as kind of some key focus areas. But without even trying to touch on that at the moment, Kaylin, um, just in general, what kind of areas of weakness do you feel like most runners tend to see, or in your practice, what kinds of areas of weakness do you see in the clients you work with?
2: So the first one I would say is going to be the posterior chain. Um, A lot of times uh, the glutes, they can have a hard time being activated. And sometimes it's due to the hip flexors being too tight. And you got to figure a lot of people are, they're they're working, they're seated all day long and that causes really tight hip flexors and it makes that glute almost dormant. Um, So there's the term um, broken butt or uh, dormant glute. And to improve this, we have to make sure that we choose exercises that strengthen, stay stabilize recruit our muscles to work together so then we can achieve the movement movement to get that muscle to turn back on and to fire properly Mm -hmm. so it's really a beautiful system but if they're out of whack then you know it makes it a lot harder Mm -hmm. um, to get things to work properly so definitely glutes we work a lot on glutes um we do the so along with the glutes, hip girdle, we do a lot of mobility and strengthening um, with band routines.
1: Well, and you so, mentioned well. um, you know, just recruitment. So the amount of recruitment that you need as well as recruitment in the right sequence in a sense. And that's, yeah. you know, we started off the conversation just talking about functional movement and Jay DeSherry's work on that has been informative for us, but um, that's what it's yeah. really all about, you know. If for my glutes to work functionally, they need to be able to fire in certain ways and, and certain amounts and such. And so that's that's good. So you you were saying then, um, resistance bands and you know some work with just providing motion with resistance is a is a key factor there.
2: Oh yeah, definitely for the mobility and then just overall strength. And even when you're doing like the myrtle, your other hip's burning from like stabilizing your body. Yep. <laughs> so I don't know if you guys noticed
1: that when you're doing that, but yeah, very true.
0: A lot of times I'll notice Caitlin with like planks, like my arms, you know, because I'm a little weaker at her. (laughs) okay, I can do these planks, but my arms are getting tired. Like, I don't know. So yeah, like you were saying, like you are using your full body in these kinds of movements. You're using other parts that you didn't even know. And when you were saying like um, muscle recruitment, working together, like it's beautiful how it works when you're firing and using all of, all of the muscles that you need in order to run properly and live like really functionally throughout your life, not being in pain, not having lower back pain. Um, yeah,
1: that's great. So what, yeah, what was, uh, other areas of weakness?
2: So a lot of it's going to be our stability. So balance is hard for a lot of people in the beginning of a training program, but it's really important to make that stability dynamic since running itself is dynamic. So starting out, you know, people are wobbling all over the place and anytime that we're wobbling, especially because our body works in three planes of motion, we need to really make sure that those areas are strong so then we can prevent those injuries. So less wobble, the better. <laughs> yeah. So talk about those three planes of motion.
1: What What are they? I what always forget they? the names of the three planes of motion.
2: Are you guys familiar with the lunge matrix? Yes,
1: yes, we are.
2: Yes. Okay. So there is a physical therapist. He's actually out of Adrian, Michigan. His name is Dr. Gary Gray. And hmm. the lunge matrix lunge matrix and pretty much a matrix in general is about moving moving in the sagittal plane, the frontal plane. So, so sagittal is forward back and your frontal is side to side. And then your transverse plane is going to be more rotational. Hmm. So Gary Gray, he pretty much created all these matrices. But lunch, the lunch matrix is used by coaches and athletes all over the world. Uh, the benefits of the lunch matrix is not only strengthening our bodies in all planes of motion, but you're working on the tissue health of the hip joint. Yeah, that's I,
1: huge. We, <laughs> Zach's like so happy right now. I'm so excited. He's
2: so
0: excited because he just learned something nerdy. So thank you, Kaylin. You're welcome. I'm so <laughs> as well. But I just saw him light up. You guys can't see him at home. Like you know, he's getting excited about it. And there, there was one other one, right? Or two other ones?
2: The last one I listed is the overall range of motion of runners. A lot of times it's pretty poor. And so I like to – I'm going to just put it out there, but thoracic and lumbar mobility, um, if that area is limited, um, it can really cause us to be really stiff through our trunk. And that can affect many other areas in the body. So it can affect your arm swing. Uh, Also, it can cause some low back pain. So we do a lot of, um, it's called the the best stretch ever, or it's the twisted warrior in yoga. But you rotate and you work on that thoracic, um, mobility as you reach back, and so you're really trying to work on that mobility, flexion, and the extension of the spine. You can use the cat cow, which is also common in, in yoga practice, um, and that's a great way to really work on the mobility in that direction. So we work a lot with that, um, and I have personally, you know, we learned through experience um, as well. So I I had a really really stiff um, back, so especially the thoracic spine, but my coach always told me that it looked like I was carrying a TV. Because my arms went out and I was just so stiff in my trunk. <laughs> so when I went to therapy, you know, they were like, oh, you're, you know, it was my feet at the time. But they're like, oh, we have some other areas we got to work on.
0: <laughs>
2: so right. we, we worked on that and I feel like my form is a lot more fluid because my trunk is relaxed. So that's an area that I wanted to touch on as so. well. Mm-hmm. That's huge.
1: So I, I got I to gotta back us up a little bit because you've, you've just thrown in all these golden nuggets, these little diamonds here. Um, so we're, and we're talking about posterior chain for a little bit, and you mentioned glutes and especially activation and strengthening and recruitment, um, and so some resistance band things. I want to come back to that. Um, okay. But then you also mentioned planes of motion, and the lunge matrix is a, is a very effective way to address something like that because it's so simple too. Um, yeah. Which is a large part of why we tend to recommend that uh, we follow Jay Johnson's route of everyone should probably do the lunch matrix before running every day. Um, that's <laughs> that's a, not a bad just cover everything if you, if you can kind of thing. Um, And then uh, talking about the lumbar and thoracic mobility. And so you gave us the twisted warrior stretch, which, you know, you see that everywhere and there's no surprise why, because it is really effective. Um, And then the cat cow is another way to address some of the mobility issues, especially further down in lumbar area. So what else I guess is my next question. Like what are, what are the other effective ways that we can work on strengthening and mobilizing some of these key areas. And I, I did mention earlier, um, we kind of laid out four of them for our audience previously. And you've touched on uh, two or three of them already. Um, what about like foot and ankle? Or what about, you know, is there anything anything else with hips? You did mention Myrtle. And I don't know if our yeah. audience is familiar with that. So we're definitely going to provide a link to the Myrtle routine as well. Yeah. But anything else? What What else can you share? I can
2: give you some examples. So we did talk about the, the posterior chain and maybe some exercise examples. So the good morning is a really good one because – it's a dynamic movement. So we talked about that in our balance. We're dynamic. We don't want to stretch all day. We want to be um, functional. So without mobility and stability, we need to make sure that we're, we're runnable, I guess. is what I'm trying to say. So um, good mornings are great because as you go down into a good morning, you're lengthening the tissue. But then you're activating the hamstrings and the glutes to achieve that movement and not, and you're also working on stretching the hip flexors as you come forward. So that's a great example of um, posterior activation, but then you're lengthening, you know, through the posterior side of your body, but then also the anterior side of your body. so that would be that'd be an example of that and if you wanted to get into some balance and we talked about the recruitment of the muscles um i was talking about dormant (laughs) dormant booty um the and trying to figure out movement patterns and sometimes when you work with a trainer they're like oh your glutes aren't working let's do like a lot of um well i guess wouldn't it be glutes i mean you're when you do squats you know your your quads your glutes are working and a lot of trainers would be like okay just keep keep doing squats, it will work eventually, but that's not what we want. We actually wanna try to get a pattern going so then we can get the glute to um, fire. So you're getting everything to work together through the kinetic chain in order to get things moving properly. So single leg deadlift, that's what I was trying to go with. So single leg deadlift, you can do cone reaches. So you're doing the movement pattern um, pretty much of a good morning. I like to put little cones out so if you're on the on your mat, you have a cone on the right, a cone on your left, and then a cone in the middle. And you take your foot and you create a diamond, and then you try to look at the middle cone, but you're adding some reaches. So so just adding those reaches, you're also you're challenging your balance, mm. you're challenging your core, and you're training your hip stability. So everything's working together. And again, I say beautiful. Like I, I, it is beautiful. <laughs> it's really cool. I think it's so cool. So. Should we call so you like a fitness a artist?
0: So in addition know, to being scientific, right? you're a fitness artist. <laughs>
2: I'm like this hippie that just loves it. It's <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Um, but then again, with the single leg deadlift, you're, it's probably my favorite exercise, but you're also strengthening your core. You know, you can add an unstable surface. Like there's so much that you can do um, to challenge yourself. And um, I had a client tell me recently, because we, we add like weight transfers. So then you, in the single leg deadlift, you're, you know, um, having the weight and you bring it to your chest and then you bring it overhead. And she's like, I feel so BA like doing this, you know, like I feel amazing. Like I can do that without falling over, you know? So, she was That's really a big curious. accomplishment. So to whoever that client is, I'm applauding you
0: right now on air. <laughs>
2: yeah, for sure. So let me see some other examples. Um, so another thing with planes of motion. You don't just train your, you know, your legs, you're training everything. So you're actually training your core and your core, the muscles that surround it, you want to think of it like a suit of armor. And your goal is to protect everything in there. So if you get a force from any direction, your core can handle it. And so we train through anti-extension, which is an example of the sagittal plane. And you're also training anti-rotation, which is also going to be your transverse plane and also some exercise in the frontal plane. So wordy, I'm sorry, Um, but your anti-extension, you can think of like ab rollouts, but you have to maintain a really stable spine. Because if you don't, then you're going to hurt your low back. So you have to be able to stabilize, brace your core before you do like a rollout or grab an exercise ball, do a plank on an exercise ball create a very stable core. You can write your name with your arms, you know, but when you do that, your, your hips are stable and having a wide base with the feet is important. So be careful. <laughs> um, and then also, so that's anti-extension. And then working um, with rotation, I always think of um, doing like a plank row. So if you're on the ground um, doing a plank, you would have your hands underneath your shoulders and then while putting a foam roller on your mid back, you would bring up the arm and you could do this without weights. So you just do it body weight and then keeping the hips nice and stable and then doing the other side. Um, so those are great. And then same with bird dog, like you're pretty much just trying to keep the core as tight as you can as you do different drivers well so when you do the frontal this is when I just did recently but it's just a bird dog so you have the opposite arm and leg and instead of reaching out you're actually holding your arm and leg out and you're moving your arm out to the side and also the leg out to the side and then you're going to bring it back to center Mm. and if you have a foamer on your back I mean it's it's so really cool to connect with your core because you can feel. That's what, pretty much what the foam roller does on the bent back and put a water bottle cone, um, and you're just getting feedback. Because if it falls, then you know you're uh, not stabilizing very, very well. well. <laughs> so, but yeah, those are some examples for the posterior chain and the core. Um, dead bugs. Do you guys do dead bugs?
1: Not by that name. No?
2: Okay. Um, So a dead bug is another anti-extension exercise. So you're going to lay – it's a weird name, but you (laughs) lay on your back, and you put your hands up and your knees up, and your goal is to keep your low back glued to the ground. And you're going to reach out your right arm and your left leg while maintaining a neutral spine. Mm
1: -hmm. And then you bring
2: your arm and leg up, and then you do the other side. And there's so many variations of this exercise. You can put an exercise ball in between your arm and leg and do the same thing. But again, you're getting feedback. So you're pressing into the the ball with your arm and leg as you bring your arm and leg and extend them. So
1: so dead like, bugs uh, are
2: fantastic.
1: Dead bug is bird dog upside down.
2: Yes. <laughs> That's
1: exactly what it is. Oh, nice. And, and yep. it kind of like reverse alliterates with the words, you know, bird dog, dead bug. So it's, yeah. you know. They're connected in many ways.
2: Yeah. But yeah, that's a really great one.
1: I'm noticing a trend, and I don't want to cut you off, so if you have more to share, let's definitely come back to that. I'm noticing a trend where we're really talking about um, you're looking at movements embedded in a focus area. So I think about what's the area that I really need to work on stabilizing or strengthening, and how can I move in ways that essentially risk destabilizing it. So I have to maintain that stability throughout the entire motion. And that's where that creativity comes in. Andy mentioned the fitness artist. We're going to call you Kaylin, the fitness art, artist. <laughs> I like it. And, and, that's, and that's really a lot of what you're talking about. Correct me if I'm wrong, though.
2: No, that I mean, that's spot on. Um, and it especially depends what phase the athlete is in. Um, so, if they're a beginner, I mean, I'm going to choose a very basic movement. Let's make sure that they're doing the motion properly. They have the foundation down and then all of a sudden, you know, as they start getting a little bit more advanced, I can um, add add little tweaks, you know, like, okay, let's add a weight or let's add an exercise ball, you know, things like that to get them um, more challenged. So
1: that's a, That's a great example of easing gradually into it. You mentioned earlier, you know, the New Year's resolution strength and mobilizer who says, I'm going to, you know, every day I'm going to spend time. And, um, you know, so we've got to ease into it. Um, That's a good example. You can add more resistance over time or you can destabilize in in more ways, um, add weight. I I appreciate that.
0: So, Kaylin, I'm going to just throw this at you. What is something that you do every
2: day before you run? Like just...
0: What's something that you
2: would do? Okay, well, um, I've, I, I would say this has been very consistent lately, and I've also been healthy for a long time, which I'm very thankful for. Um, but I would say the things that I do is I will do a very quick foam rolling session just to sort of warm up my body and just get blood flowing a little bit. Nothing crazy, almost just like a little buff, you know, just warm up. <laughs> um, and then I'll do probably three good mornings, I'll do three single leg good mornings, and then I will do the lunge matrix, but I only do re, I would say only do reverse lunge, side lunge, and then um, I just stick it with that. And then before I run, I do a few form drills, not for very long, but just to get my body ready to run. So I'll do some A skips, do some B skips. I do shuffles because that, that, that frontal plane of motion is so important to make sure you're warmed up in. Um, and then I'm pretty much ready to
1: go. So thanks well, for sharing that. And that's a great example too, of very targeted things, but you, you don't have to spend a lot of time doing this huge, you know, routine that, that's really helpful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think a lot of people think of it as a really daunting concept when we talk about, you know, you should be doing something before you run to get nope. your body ready to run. And ah. there's so many things you can do. And that's true, but, but you don't have to do tons yep. and tons of things.
0: No, we do them all um lots of times like she's yeah, saying, you,
1: don't have you have to doing do 20 three good mornings right. you can do three you know that's yeah. yeah that's good
2: just to work on the muscle activation is so key but I mean I think we all learn and we continue to learn um but when I you know when I did have my injuries I had plantar fasciitis for a year and then it took me so long to get back and mm. it was such a difficult thing and you wanted to be healthy so bad that I think I did everything but <laughs> like, it took me forever to get warmed up and I think something I learned now is just, okay, I need a balance. I need a posterior exercise. Um, I also want to get a little bit of quad activation and, you know, you're using your core through all these things, you know, so that's something that I I really focus on, but just getting your feet ready too is so important, you know? So with the history of planner, you know, I'm, I'm a little cautious on that, but um, it hasn't came back. Uh, What do you do for ankle and foot? So I would say for foot, Um, the single leg deadlifts would be a good one Mm -hmm. to to focus on. As far as ankle, I would say, again, the single leg exercises do help a lot with that. Mm -hmm. And then um, as far as like, so this is another part of the ankle. But when you do your drills, I always focus on keeping my toe up. So mm-hmm. I feel like that helps, like strengthen the in, like the peroneal group of your your shin muscles. So just like little preventative things you can do. And so drills are so cool too because you're you're working on so many things like tissue length as you do a B skip and the quickness and you know there's there's so much to it.
0: Well, thank you, Kaylin. Before we say goodnight, though, I do want people to know about this project that you're doing. I know it's not running related, but like <laughs> Hank the Camper is pretty cool. I follow Hank on Instagram,
1: oh, and on. I'm just
0: really curious about this this how this is unraveling for you and what motivated you to do is it. Is
1: Alex there? Can he jump? Yeah, oh, Alex, <laughs> come on here. What's up? Kaylin and Alex
0: are Alex? super <laughs> adventurous, fun friends of ours, and we just had this awesome riveting conversation with Caitlin about strength and mobility, but now we're, we want to talk about Hank just a little bit. So we brought on Alex. He came over. So Alex, tell us about Hank. What brought this project along?
1: Yeah. So, uh, you know, quarantine brings out lots of weird things and people, but, uh, <laughs> we're like, you know, what better place to be quarantined than in a van. So <laughs> we bought ourselves a van and now I hope to travel along, uh, <laughs> remotely. You know, I've been working from home too. So Maybe I can do a little remote work in the van. I don't know. It's just an exciting project that we're working on, and making it as as homey as possible. So that's literally where I was just at, working on this thing. It consumes me entirely. <laughs> that's <but. all> right. <laughs>
0: that's what Caitlin was saying. That like the passion that you have for running, like you can translate that same kind of focus to your projects <laughs> that you do. Hank
1: absolutely yeah so and uh, hank is the previous owner's name so that's that's where the uh, band name came from oh that's there sentimental you yeah you've uh you've you've embedded the essence <laughs> of hank into the camper absolutely <laughs> <Hank>. <laughs> well
0: that's exciting so hey
1: is that a is that a height shirt that i see there it is we're it's throwing back right there yeah going back yeah all Watch right night run. <laughs> <laughs> good stuff man
0: yeah. Well, thank you so much, you guys. We hope to connect soon. We wish we could do this in person, but maybe you can bring Hank up to Michigan and we can hang
2: out together. (laughs) Sounds awesome. Awesome. Thank you guys so much. Thanks again.
0: Every time I'm with Kaelin, I feel like I learned something and this was full of things that I am learning and going to be applying. So thank you so much, Kaylin, for sharing all of this with, with us and with our audience.
1: And every time I'm with Alex, I feel like I laugh at something. It generally, just uh, good fun and funny conversations. And, of course, and Alex made that guest <laughs> appearance, <laughs> and did. I had more to laugh about. which just I, wonderful. Uh,
0: yeah, wonderful. so they just recently, after this podcast was uh, recorded, they took Hank... I mean, it was only five weeks. He worked day and night to make this happen. But five weeks, he totally renovated this camper van, and they took it to the lakeshore of Michigan and nice. had a great, a grand old time. So, yeah,
1: that's wonderful. <laughs> so, the the big thing, if I could just say, the big takeaway for me as I'm listening to Kaylin talk through these things, is if we want to truly be the most successful, we can be in in you know running healthily and enjoying the sport. You know, just feeling good and confident in the sport. And a lot of that comes from knowing that the work we're doing won't hurt us, right? Mm-hmm. Like I can I can train hard and confidently knowing that I can stay healthy to, to as best a degree as a person can know that. Um, you know, a lot of that comes from understanding how and why and where and when I need to strengthen my body. And so as I'm listening to Kalen, this isn't the kind of stuff, like this isn't beyond reach. You don't have to talk to an expert to figure out what you need to do. I mean, it's great to work with physical therapists. We will never, I mean, we work with Adam day and night because we need him, but we can learn this kind of stuff so that we can understand how to make ourselves better. And that's what I was getting from as I'm I'm hearing Kaylin talk, it's complicated things. These aren't necessarily simple things, but they're learnable things. Mm -hmm. And I wanna encourage you all as our audience to do what you can do to continue to learn more about how you can be the best possible runner. Like, yes, we want a coach. Yes, we want a physical therapist, all those kinds of people. But how much do you know about how to train? And how to train well to accomplish your goals how much do you know about strengthening and mobilizing effectively to be healthy and strong
0: in this core for runners i'm so excited that she offered this so make sure you go to a to z episode 44 and sign up for that free class so you can check it out see if it's something that you want to invest in as part of your running routine and caitlin's a great person to know great person to learn from and a very inspirational person altogether